Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So you have fun life updates. I have a very uh, depressing and sad life update, which is that a certain little rodent has <laughs> found himself back in my life. No. My neighbor Lita texted the house. We live in a walk up. So there's different flats in a single kind of house. Sent a very cursed text that the mouse has returned even after an exterminator was here. So that little boy is just... Now, we've definitely talked about the mouse on the main podcast before, but I think we did go into absolute hysterics. (laughs) I think I've never, ever, 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 ever laughed that much on any episode of the podcast in the Patreon when Grace was detailing how (laughs) crazed crazed she went one day. You should have been admitted to like an asylum after that. Because I was like, she's not texting me back. And it had been like four hours and Grace was standing on top of her couch, not moving for four hours I was on top of this very coffee table with a large towel (laughs) in a game of a a Mexican standoff with this little (laughs) mouse that kept popping its stupid little nose out and refusing to be caught. And then it's been gone for a long time. It's been gone for a long... It's fashion week to fashion week. Six months. Six months. These are out. It just pops Comes to fashion... Comes to London Fashion Week and stays in your house. (laughs) Skips Paris and Milan because he likes... And stays here. A nice little apartment. Yeah, I'm convinced it's the same mouse and that he's back to torture me. And when I saw that text, (laughs) I was so triggered... Yeah, Some, you started f- sending me chaotic messages. I feel like Zelensky or whatever the Ukrainian president's name is, like preparing for the arrival <laughs> of the Russian troops. Like I literally was on my hands and knees barricading every little crevice in this house so the little boy couldn't get in. Because if I see him again, I will have a mental break. I know. I literally will. I'll, I'll snap and like commit a murder and use this as my 
uh, defense in court. We need to take the mouse to my house for the cat to get because I'm also about to go absolutely crazy. Sorry, this is like a boring cat woman update. But my cat has gone fucking mental and thinks that I'm its brother or sister or something in a way that it would never, ever, ever attack my boyfriend but at 5 30 every morning it comes up to my head and bites my face to the point where this morning i was hiding under the blankets with my head and in like arms and everything underneath the blanket like a fort to stop this little fucking thing from biting me to wake me up you need to assert yourself more i do i scream and yell (laughs) and push him off the bed and he just comes back he He needs a little whack on the butt i know (laughs) i do whack him it's because i go crazy at that time in the morning and especially like on Saturday night, I went to a party and then I got home at like three in the morning. And then by the time we ate our Papa John's and went to bed, it was like 4 a.m. I love Papa John's. Brilliant pizza. Beautiful. beautiful. No notes. We have him on our wall. Oh my God, you do. <laughs> we have a painting of Papa John in our house. Yeah, I, lo- I love I love it. I feel like I hadn't really had it before, but it was delicious. So by the time that Papa John's came, whatever, it was 4 a.m. And I was like to my boyfriend, I was literally feels like I have a... Sorry to anyone who actually has kids, but a newborn, because I was like, I'm going to be awake. It's 4 a.m. and I'm going to be awake in an hour and a half <gasps> from this animal. So anyway, we need the mouse to come to the cat. So to bribe the cat to like let you me. sleep in. Then I, I s- do feel like I could go kind of reservoir dogs and like catch the mouse and like slowly torture it <laughs> at your house with Shiva. <laughs> That's how strong my feelings are. Yeah. Okay, tell me about going to Fashion Week. We were talking before about how you're kind of finding it fun this time, which... Yes, or like I'm finding fashion more fun at the moment because I'm not having to really work. Because we were in fashion for so long that like it always felt as though when Fashion Week came around, you would just be waiting... You kind of wouldn't look at, I wouldn't look at anything. I wouldn't watch any runway shows. I wouldn't even look at the collections because I knew that the ones that I had to look at, I had to write about for hours and it would just, it just feels like work. Yeah, it just yeah. work. And then it's been way more fun this season because I've just been like enjoying it. I didn't really go to that many shows, but the few I went to were really cool. I just love London Fashion Week. The standout show for me for more ways than one was Supriya Lili, who I absolutely love. I adore her collections and her clothes and so I was excited to go to that but then what fucking happened was I was busy freaking out over Chloe Cherry who's oh Faye from, Faye Euphoria. from Euphoria oh yeah I put her on my stories but I forget you're never on Instagram I've never on anymore Instagram to chat. yeah I God took a damn. photo of her and put it on my stories and on the AWD Close Friends actually we should get her on the pod yeah she's amazing she's gorgeous does she look really beautiful in person yeah she's so cute so I was freaking out over her, and then also I was like, I'm such a chug. I love Mimi Moocha, Romeo Beckham's girlfriend. Mimi she's Mucha. obviously going to be – she's going to be the next – she already is really fashion. But Mimi she's just Mucha. Yeah, that's her, that's <laughs> that's her Instagram name. name. She's so cute. And she's definitely going to be like the next big – you heard it here first. She already is, but – I still think that the children girl. that aren't Brooklyn Beckham are like seven. Mimi. Oh, cute. She's really cute. So she was there, and then I saw someone walk in and sit beside her, and it was none other than Victoria Beckham, so obviously her future stepmom, if they stay together. Mother-in-law. 
mother-in-law yes and that was just wild and i was like why am i so starstruck by by victoria beckham victoria beckham is like a proper a-list 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 celebrity but also the spice girls like the spice girls was yeah there's it's like if you saw britney spears in person i think i would freak out in this insane just primal childhood way my inner child would just freak out i was like i had victoria beckham's face on a t-shirt i had posters of her all over my wall i had i used to be posh spice i used to have her every every piece of spice girls merch so that was just a very iconic sighting moment yeah trying to think of what else happened nothing else really happened when it was quite funny my friend i saw her from across the way and she was wearing, the, she just looked like she'd completely given up because it was the last day of London Fashion Week. And she was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> and then I and I saw her on the way out and before we'd even, so Victoria Beckham was right in front of us and she just whipped out this banana and started eating a banana in front of everyone. I was like, that's, I love you. That's very confident behavior. Yeah, she was just like, I'm hungry. Assertive. I'm tired. So yeah, but we're not doing Paris and Milan this season, which feels... It feels fu- good. It feels good which because we both could have gone again with work and both actively opted out we which could have been invited which twice. i think is quite growing up of us <laughs> although when i um got a balenciaga when i was emailing the balenciaga girl i was like oh my god i'm gonna die i'm just gonna train to paris on the Eurostar just for one night and then i was like no relax you can miss a show but we're being responsible girlies and like staying and focusing on work because what happens is you end up going to fashion week and you're away for two weeks you're out and about all the time all of your emails pile up drinking like a beast drinking eating like a shopping beast shopping like a beast we nearly bankrupted ourselves last time and (laughs) honestly for no good reason we whipped each other up into the most like heinous bonnie and clyde (laughs) spending frenzy (laughs) ever the woman at that vintage shop was like hello again girlies please come through they just hang stuff out because they knew the these two small-brained girls they thought probably thought we were like anna delvey who were just coming (laughs) and dropping cash on bizarre little we were in Adelby but yeah and then yeah your emails pile up and you end up getting back to London and being like a month behind on work and I was like no I'm being very productive this year and it's gonna stay that way so quite good mantra to take into the year yes the vibe shift as we will discuss shortly okay when you were at fashion week how many times did you see the Mew Mew skirt set Okay, only once in person, but four billion times on Instagram. On Instagram. So this Mew Mew skirt, it's like two runway looks that Mew Mew showed last Fashion Week in September. And they're tiny, tiny, tiny micro. And they're worn with these tiny, tiny, tiny micro, either cropped sweater or like bralette type thing. Mm -hmm. And it's been on the cover of a bazillion magazines all in the same week. Nicole Kidman. Vanity Fair. For Vanity Fair. Paloma for ID, Zendaya for something. Yeah, interview. Interview. Lara Stone. Yes, for something. For something. Lots of international L's and Vogue's and things. And so I wanted to talk about it because I feel like the thing that's so interesting about the Mew Mew skirt is it's shown how crazy fashion's gotten because this thing has become the coolest thing on the internet, overly saturated, and now so annoying that people don't like it anymore. Before it's even in on six sale. days, <laughs> and yeah. it's not even available to buy it. Yeah, it's become just like memeified. 
because it's been yeah so overexposed which is really interesting it literally is a meme on Instagram where everyone's posting that Mew Mew skirts being passed around like a blunt. Yeah. Someone started a Mew Mew skirt Instagram page documenting yes. all the times the Mew Mew skirt has been worn, which, yeah, it's just an interesting thing to talk about because a recent ID article actually came out last week, I think it was, and it was talking about what happens to if you know, you know fashion once everyone knows about it, mm. which is interesting. Because, I mean, Mimi, obviously, that skirt was always kind of going viral. But it's funny because that skirt was going viral for all the wrong reasons when the runway happened. Like, when yeah. the runway happened, the skirt went viral because, A, Mimi only showed stick-thin girls on the runway wearing those clothes. Yeah. And it would have been so much more groundbreaking if they'd shown – plus size and bigger girls wearing that skirt on the runway. Like I know that Paloma's doing it now and Lara's doing it now. And yeah. and that's the way magazines are kind of subverting the, or like making a different editorial yeah. to what you'd expect. But like that should have been on the runway the first time. So everyone was kind of talking about the Mew Mew skirt and that wow, low rise is back. Wow. Micro minis are back. Wow. Fucking abs pro are back. Anno- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit is back. Yeah. And then now it's kind of changed into this iconic or not iconic, but just everywhere fashion thing so quickly, which I think if Paloma hadn't just been shot for ID would be kind of problematic. Cause you're just like, okay, so firstly we all yeah. said that was a really bad thing. And then six months later, we're all just obsessed with it and everyone's wearing it. And Nicole Kidman is fucking stick thin wearing yeah. this skirt. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of shows where we are in the culture. And it's great that some publications are pushing against that. But yes. it's insane that Mew Mew didn't do that in the first place. Yeah, I think it's interesting that like the only two iterations of it that actually went not viral, I feel like nothing even goes viral anymore, but really popular online was Paloma being a curvier model wearing it and looking phenomenal. And secondly, Nicole Kidman being like 51 or whatever wearing it. But at the same time, yeah. they photoshopped her to look like she's 22. So that feels a little less groundbreaking, perhaps. But she does look fucking amazing. Like I gasped when I saw that cover. Hers was the first major cover that had the look, mm. I feel, yeah. to land. But they all came out literally within a week of each other. And it's very interesting. Mimi just released the skirt for loan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the skirt's like tired. Ti- a tired skirt that's just been traveling around the world and getting haggard. <laughs> but I think it's interesting as well because obviously, I don't know, a brand like Mimi is so aware of its own perception that I'm kind of surprised that they loaned it out so many times. I don't know if it's literally a logistical problem where like, every region got their own version and then every regional's publicist was like great magazine covers and just sent them out all the time or if it was a very intentional move by them to have it everywhere at once but it just feels like it's turned something that felt very very cool despite yeah the hang-ups about Mm -hmm. it it was kind of like the defining look of the season and like bringing sex back onto the runway and skin and blah 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 it's turned something very cool into something I do not want to say basic because it's not basic, but from very cool into kind of mainstream and not that cool in literally the course of a few days. It's really bizarre. I've never seen that whiplash speed of a fashion trend come and go so quickly. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of just showing where we're getting to with fashion with, you know, how everyone's saying that with TikTok, the trend cycle just doesn't exist anymore because we're Mm. churning through things so quickly. And the only other examples I can think of with like really, really cult items, like the Gucci belt and the Gucci t-shirt that were cool for a few months and then got 
old. Cheeky, yeah. But, or Bottega stuff. Yeah. It was cool for a few months and then got old. But yeah, this has been one week and it's just been turned into this internet meme where it kind of feels... I don't know. It doesn't feel embarrassing for... But that's the thing. It's all celebrities wearing it. So I think it still would be kind of cool to see someone wearing it in real life. I think the problem is there's like two things. One is I wondered if this was actually ever designed to be worn in real life or it was just like an editorial marketing look. Because I'm like, who outside of someone wearing it to Fashion Week to be photographed is actually buying and wearing a $2,000? No, I think people are... Do you think? Yeah, but people will be doing it in a cool way where they will be wearing it. I've seen a girl on Instagram wear it, just walking around Brooklyn, like just looking quite, I think she had the Mew Mew skirt on and then like a hoodie and like Mm. tights on and it looks very cool. That's the thing I was going to link it to is it's never styled on magazine covers. This is a new thing with, it's not new, it's really old, but back in the day, looks were styled for covers. Like, you'd mix that skirt with something from another brand with something from wherever, and Mumu would be stoked that their skirt was featured. But now brands have so much power over magazines <laughs> that they only loan them stuff if it's the head-to-toe look. Mm. Everything exactly the same as it was on the runway. So I think that's another reason why we feel bored by yeah. the skirt set because it looks – it doesn't matter who it's on. It looks exactly the same in every shot because it's so specific. Yeah, exactly. We don't see it styled. Yeah, which is interesting. But, yeah, this – what happens to – IYKYK fashion is just very similar. We're basically it opens up talking about tabbies, Margiela tabby boots, and how they've always been just this kind of very fashiony piece where you know the like classic chic but ugly thing yeah. that people have been wearing forever. Yeah, in the fashion world or just in whatever just people and then now in the past year or so it's just gotten so 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 mainstream to the point where emily and i haven't seen this episode because i I started watching season two and then kind of dip in and out but emily in paris was wearing tabbies which i'm like that doesn't even make sense but then it actually kind of does make sense because that's where we're at with them now and it was just talking about Nick how... Jonas wore the Reebok Tabbies yes. collaboration on the red carpet. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. And then it was just talking about how heaps of fashion brands... like we've, I think we've talked about Rick Owens even, how it used to be just... Has always been this kind of anti-fashion fashion brand that was always very niche and had its cult consumers is now becoming more and more popular. And even like, for example, Julia Fox is like a person of this. She was yeah. just a niche cult celebrity yes, that yes. heaps of people knew. <laughs> yeah. And then now everyone knows about her, so she feels so overexposed. And it's obviously the Mew Mew's always been a brand that people have known about, but it, the Mew Mew skirt is just another iteration of this. And it's like, what kind of happens? I think this relates to something that I was writing about this week in relation to... So Vanessa Friedman the New York Times fashion critic was writing a piece about Telfar who closed New York Fashion Week for the first time this season. And that has been like a slot given to Marc Jacobs for the last 10, 15 years. And she basically just wrote in this piece that that show and like who went to the show, how much it was like the biggest ticket of New York Fashion Week is such a testament to the fact that these brands that have always positioned themselves and have always been viewed as cool, independent, non-mainstream brands are the mainstream now. Like what we've Mm. always thought of as 
quote unquote cool stuff that we felt like existed on the peripheries is now fully in the center of things. And like the celebrities that used to be, if you know, you know, are now mainstream famous celebrities. The TV shows that used to be, if you know, you know, are now the mainstream TV shows because TikTok especially has just kind of, it's just made whatever it is, coolness so accessible. And the whole thing with why something is cool is meant to be, if you know, you know, literally in the sense that you have to be told. Whereas if the yeah. information is just given Everywhere. to you, <laughs> actively handed to you on a plate when you're on TikTok, you're not even seeking it out. Someone just presents it to you. Then it becomes a question of, well, what is genuinely cool or groundbreaking anymore? What is mainstream versus, chugi I don't know, chuggy, yeah. And so much of what is considered chuggy or not cool is just based on the fact that it's overexposed. It's overexposed. So people have just seen it because they've they haven't actively searched for it. They've just had it put in their faces so they've purchased it versus having to like spend time and seek it out. The one brand that's actually quite interesting in this whole thing is Telfar because yeah. Telfar kind of subverts that by saying like Telfar's whole thing is being a brand not for you for everyone mm-hmm. and it's just being like that you said on the podcast one time, right? He said he wants to be the Michael Kors, Michael but on Kors purpose. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Most iconic branding line ever. Yes. And that's because he wants his bags to be on everyone. He prices them in an accessible way. He wants like everybody to have a telephone, which is funny because that kind of, it, it weirdly backfire. It's, it's insane what he, the way he, he's like such a genius because it just backfires. It's like, if you see telephones everywhere, that's what you're supposed to see everyone's supposed to have a tail fire it's not and it's overexposing it and it's supposed to make you not want it anymore but it makes you want it yes which is like crazy which is so interesting totally i think something is really interesting to compare this to is all the discussions about the downfall of glossier which i've been reading a lot about and watching tiktoks about and also shout out to friend of the pod kate because she's been like sending me a lot of these tiktoks that i've been watching but they're basically about how Glossier's business model was just based on the fact that on Instagram, you will just reach enough eyeballs that will just buy it because they think it looks good. Whereas their business model is now failing because that's not the way people are like, aside from all of the kind of backlash and controversy there was around Black Lives Matter. There's also this idea that apparently something like 14% or something of Glossier customers are returning customers, like will buy a product again. Oh, which wow. is crazy low. Mm-mm. And I kind of get that because I'm like, I bought heaps of Glossier shit in the New York store once and then really didn't buy anything again because it was just Instagram hype, really. Yes. Like yeah, nothing exactly. so amazing that you need to buy it again. Yeah. But like their whole thing was to appeal to everyone and they've kind of ended up appealing to no one. Whereas the brands now that are doing really, really well are brands that are very specifically appealing to a very loyal niche. And then that niche is like, telling their cool friends and that's disseminating they're almost becoming the new mainstream brands but they've never tried to appeal to everybody yeah they're very particular about their tone yeah with glossier as well i i don't know it's like you think that some products are just like really 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 good or something the boy the boy brow whatever i just thought oh because everyone talks about it so much it's just the best eyebrow gel and then the other day i was in boots and my boy brow had had run out and i just grabbed a three dollar i don't even know what it is l'oreal or something brow Brow gel gel, and it's just works the the exact same (laughs) i was like wow i was gonna say that's the example i was gonna use we were literally duped and the boy brow so tiny yeah last like two seconds yeah tricked 
This also links to what we just mentioned before, the fact that a cut piece kind of went viral last week called The Vibe Shift is Coming. Yeah. A Vibe Shift is Coming, Will Any of Us Survive It? And it's just this really long, kind of dense, kind of boring piece about how (laughs) I couldn't even be bothered reading the whole thing. But I'm interested in talking about it. Yes. Because I think the chat surrounding it is much more interesting than the article itself. Uh But basically, the cut got Sean Monaghan, who's this trend forecaster, who you were saying is like really well known because he came up with normcore or he predicted the trend normcore i hadn't heard of him before yeah. but yeah that yeah. yeah that's his claim to fame and basically he's talking about how he sounds so annoying he founded an art collective called k-hole shut like, up okay sean monaghan so basically what they're saying is a vibe shift is this catchy term that he uses for the idea that the culture is shifting things like you know there was a hipster indie music era and then there was the dressing like the matrix era and rah 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 and he's saying that there's this huge vibe shift in society coming what are your thoughts i feel as if the vibe shift happened (laughs) because we've been kind of discussing that on the pod yeah there's obviously a very clear kind of less exciting aesthetic vibe shift where that kind of y2k carefree fashion is back but we've talked a lot about how even the way that we talk about like ambition, how we're not as interested in being obsessed with work and how um, we, I can't remember what else we've just like being a bit more like nihilistic and less passionate and obsessed over things and kind of just wanting to get into your own little pods with your friends and do your own thing. That's kind of separate to everyone else and being way less interested in like mainstream popular culture Mm-hmm. These are all things that we've been talking about in the last six months, which I think are the vibe shift. But yes. this piece has just like put a name on it. Because like, what do they say is the new vibe that? Well, they don't really get to it. That's what the, some of the criticism was on Twitter. Was like, it's like hinting at something without ever fully explaining it. Because obviously this guy and the writer don't actually know what it is. Right. <laughs> so they're saying like a shift in the vibe is coming, but then they're also like incapable of just succinctly explaining That's what, what this new thinking. vibe is. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this article yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So the discussion on social media was pretty hilarious with someone going millennials rebranding aging as a vibe shift laughing my ass off because one of the other things about the piece was it kept talking about this vibe shift is coming but some people won't survive it so i think this is why people are saying it's just like getting older and aging out of these trend cycles that aren't made for you kind of thing yes is it a vibe shift or are we all deeply traumatized from the last two years that the vibe we had before is completely unattainable Yeah, and this bit, this tweet is great. I mean this sincerely. I think it's bad for your brain to think this much in this way about where you stand in culture. You're just describing getting older, which is fine, and you could not do anything about it if it wasn't. Trying to be cool in New York is a mental illness. I loved the piece in Maybe Baby, which is the newsletter that that Hayley girl from, who used to be at Man Repeller, Hayley, I don't, how the fuck do you say her last name? I don't know. Hayley Numb. We just, all refer, we just always yeah. refer to her as that Hayley girl. That Hayley girl from... We should do an episode with her and call it that Hayley girl. Yes, yeah. we should. Yeah. For, who used to be at Man Repeller, she's like a very, very, very good writer. She just thinks critically about things and you think you're reading a piece about one thing and then it goes into another. But she kind of speaks about what some of these tweets were saying, that the fixation on trends or the fixation on like what is cool just makes things just very very uncool by proxy 
And it's just like, she was just saying, as always, we've made everything too literal by kind of dissecting things and like exactly as we were saying with kind of fashion at the moment because it's overexposed and everyone's reading about it and everyone's seeing it and it's right there to kind of uh, study in your face. It just makes everything a bit just embarrassing and a bit like things are cool because cool people are doing them not because they've read about it and think that they should be doing it because they got told that it was cool in the cut. This is the biggest thing I ever realized about anything (laughs) was I was on Pinterest looking at all the pictures I'd saved of outfits that I liked. And then I had this light bulb realization where I realized some of the outfits were crazy. And one (laughs) example is, I think I told you, Chloe Sevigny wearing basketball shorts or like little sports shorts and neckerchief and lace up wedged sandals. (laughs) And she just looked fucking amazing. And I was like, it's just her vibe yes like she just radiates confidence she's just throwing something on and forgot that she's wearing it and stepped out and feels like a bad bitch and that's what you're responding to yeah people do that that with bella hadid now on tiktok where they're like is this a good outfit or is it just bella hadid it's just her like she you you can tell with her that she just chucks some shit on Mm. and there's obviously rhyme or reason to it and she does have a natural sense of style but what a lot of what you're responding to is like the energy she's radiating wearing it and this whole obsession with oh, the vibe's shifting. Do I need to be cool and nihilistic now or do I need to be ironic now? It's like you've already lost the battle, baby. Like you thinking this hard about it, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to be a part of the new vibe because yes, you're analyzing it. You've either felt it organically or you're going to try and learn it and it just doesn't work. Yes, exactly. And I also love Hayley kind of talks about just how deeply unsexy everything has become. And that is so true. And it's yes. obviously the pandemic has done that. But also just us being so online, it's just made everything just like so unsexy. She says, you know, the fact that celebrities are making NFTs, perfect Instagram faces and bodies, internet scolds, trying not to offend anyone online, every idiotic app that sells you the idea of never talking to another person again, being home all the time, calories on menus, the fake laughter on late night talk shows, pretending your life is a movie on TikTok. She was like, these things have nothing to do with each other. They were just the first 10 things I could think of, but everything is so wildly flat these days, which I think is so true. And it was like, imagine codifying it all for good in the metaverse. And yeah, just basically talking about how everything's kind of lost its sexiness because everyone's yeah. overanalyzing everything and everyone's anxious and everyone's neurotic and analyzing what this vibe shift is and what's going to be cool just means it's just not going to be cool. Exactly. We all need to get off the internet. This is honestly my, as like a wise old sage that's been <laughs> living Offline. in the real world. It's literally online. You drive yourself crazy with these obsessions and perceptions I know you know this too because you've been very off Instagram compared to what we used to be. And it is. It is just like unsexy. It just takes all of like the spontaneity out of things. Yes. And like what's his name? Zizek, the philosopher, always says like his example he always uses is a survey showed that 90% of men found Cindy Crawford more beautiful than Claudia Schiffer in the 90s. And the theory was that like because of her beauty spot, the perception of a slight imperfection makes – her sexier than someone like Claudia Schiffer who appears to be quote unquote perfect I don't know how true that actually is but it's this idea of like the gap between what is actually perfect life and real life is where sexiness exists yes whereas we're all just pursuing the like perfection thing now which just is so soul deadening and boring (laughs) yes yeah so I like how she ended this piece and she says 
maybe the appealing aspect of pursuing sex in the platonic sense is that it stands in opposition to doing what you think you're supposed to do, thereby freeing you up to live less like a little nervous freak. In my experience, it's a great way to feel like a loser, all tangled up in your own neuroses. That's my main takeaway from this piece on the forthcoming vibe shift. Trying to be cool subverts the value proposition. The bad news is there are no rules. That's also the good news. You just need to loosen up a bit. Gorgeous. Gorge. And also on this, sorry, on the topic of kind of fashion pieces becoming just super overexposed and people kind of, because it is like an annoying thing when you like something and then it becomes super, everyone's got it. But we were just talking before about it at lunch and I was just saying that I think it's even cooler just knowing what you like and even if that becomes super, super popular and everyone has it, just wearing it the way you would wear it and wearing it with pride and not, and like that's cooler than not buying it because it's yes overexposed or chuggy. Like if Precisely. you want to buy the cute little Mew Mew set, buy the cute little Mew Mew set and wear it and rip it and don't kind of feel like a chug because it's everywhere. And also tell us how you make a living. Yes. <laughs> if you can afford it. Yes. And also hire us. I actually got approached by a man on Instagram today. He said he'd pay me $5,000 a month. Where's the fucking message? Would you let daddy spoil you with 5000 as your weekly allowance just for your advice and attention? Uh, absolutely, yes. I was really considering daddy? replying. Well, I need more details. TBC? Well, I was considering, well, I need more details too. I was considering asking him for more details. Have you looked him up? <laughs> no. But just for what? My advice and attention. I'll give him advice. But he said the word daddy, didn't he? Yeah, I'll yeah. call him daddy for five thousand fucking dollars a month. You're joking. You could you I'll would look him. really cute in the Mew Mew skirt. If he buys me that Mew Mew skirt, it's I'll a yes. Him, I'll send him my dirty underwear for five thousand dollars a month. I had read that that was like very lucrative business, so I did Google it. I was in uni. And it's not as much as you'd think. A friend does it now. When I looked it up, it was like $48 a pair. No, I was like, baby, you're barely makes... even breaking even. Yeah, because a trip to the post office is not worth it for that. Uh, uh, no. Like my uh, girl I know does it now. And I think she makes pretty good money. I need to ask her what the You need to ask her for figures a rate are. card. Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, on to 
Izzy sent me this when I was like in the depths of hell doing catching up on some work last week. And it's a Medium article written by a fantastic writer, writer, screen writer, playwright, Dominika Faroud. She actually wrote this back in January, this piece in Medium, but it was recently shared around and started making the rounds on social media. You saw it on Not Skinny But Not Fat, which I hate having to say out loud. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a very long, well-written kind of essay about Dominika's experience with a famous older movie star and her experience with him when she was an intern in a theater production on Broadway and she was 23 and he was late 30s 36 i think and basically we everyone knows who it is but we're just gonna protect ourselves legally if you want to know i mean if you click on the link that we've put in the show notes you'll figure it out pretty quickly we know all too well who he is (laughs) 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 Um, okay so you don't uh wait i want to make another pun but i can't think of any well, we can we can make okay. We can make. He will make your skin night crawl. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he broke your back mountain. <laughs> your back will break on his mountain. Yeah, there we go. And you'll feel like a prisoner <laughs> for having spent time okay in this piece. But but seriously, this... now that we've protected ourselves <laughs> legally, <laughs> try just try and sue us. okay so this but yeah basically incredibly well well written piece where i clicked on it and was just glued to my phone for the 36 minutes it took me to read it i paused halfway through sent it to you and then you started when i was halfway through so you were sending me screenshots uh to my whatsapp as i was reading and i wish i could do the same in return but i would have spoiled it for you but yeah it's it's she's wrote it like a movie no wonder that's her job and it's just this kind of harrowing a natural born storyteller a natural born storyteller but it's just kind of harrowing story about how she was an intern on this play and this big movie star was obviously the main star in it and she talks about literally from day one the way his behavior was to her and it's really really disgusting to read and the, the way he acted was like a gross and disgusting and at one point she said she was mildly disgusted by him which i fucking love mildly repulsed mildly repulsed by him i was largely repulsed yeah i was every she was like directly (laughs) quoting him i was like this makes me want to vomit but that's the thing with with men like this they get coddled so much and no one ever rejects them no one ever tells them that what they're doing is fucking weird and creepy everyone enables this behavior i think kind of the most gross part to read about this entire thing was the way people around him enabled him to be so pervy towards her so she was this yeah 23 year old intern on day one uh so she says i might even just read the start of this because i find it really great the way she wrote it she said i don't know how to tell this story he was a movie star i was an intern the musical is my favorite work of art the producer was my mentor the president of the theater is my friend it was a real life fairy tale everyone i knew was entertained by Yet I couldn't sleep. I lost weight, my appetite, my self-worth. There's so much I still don't understand. 
I feel ashamed I haven't moved on, that seeing his name on a billboard or hearing his voice in a trailer can momentarily paralyze me. I tell myself that what happened wasn't that bad, that maybe I'm rewriting history. I remind myself how much I started to want it, him, that I spent a year and a half of my life convinced I was in love with him. This isn't a story that can be wrapped neatly with a bow, which makes me afraid to tell it. There has never been anything harder for me to write about than my experience on this show with this man. Maybe you can make better sense of what happened than I can. I think she writes very, very honestly about the situation and writes very, very honestly about the nuances of like, this is, I think, the temptation to treat this as a quote unquote, like me too narrative where the person at the center of it should be canceled is missing the point. I think it's really capturing the nuances of like power dynamics, star worship, the commercialization of celebrity and the way that the kind of youngest, least powerful people on set are the ones punished in these situations. And really, as she explains multiple times, it wasn't this matter of straight black and white, simple sexual harassment. She was told by everyone in her orbit that she was so lucky to get this attention and she did feel attracted to this person. So there was this kind of consensual back and forth, but that also came from a place of like, the most obscenely insane power dynamic. It kind of reminds me of Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. Yeah, totally. Where Lewinsky, she felt genuinely attracted to him. I don't think it was to the same extent as Monica Lewinsky, who was super obsessed, but like she almost was. But you get so obsessed because of the of the power dynamic. Because of and the because thing everyone else you, is telling you. So special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because everyone else is telling you you should. So we haven't actually explained. I think we should give a bit of context to actually what happened. But basically, Dominica was working on this play and she details, she goes in depth into the first six days on the play and how her interactions were with this movie star, how he would do things like on day one, he lay underneath her desk when she had a skirt on. Day two, he put his... That is fucking weird. She said that quickly and you said that quickly, but I'm like, that is crazy. She would sit down and he'd be like, hi, underneath the desk. Yes fucking weird Nuts. he started talking about going down on a girl day one as well which is just like in front of her specifically in front yeah. of her yeah no to her so to her specifically yeah, yeah which is like so fucking 101 sexual harassment yes <laughs> uh day two he like lies his head on her lap this whole time um, on her like bare legs yeah, yeah and this whole time her her bosses and everyone in the theater is seeing how excited he is to come to work because he's like into this young girl so they're all praising her for being really unprofessional and him being really unprofessional because it's getting him in a good mood to do the play. Yes. So they're all like basically this so lamb, a better this performance lamb to the fucking him. slaughter because yeah. they're getting a better performance out of him. So they just wanted to put her front and center, even though they know that like what's going on. And they also all obviously know that this is a thing he does. Like that's referenced so many times throughout that this is a regular thing that makes him more enthusiastic to come to work or better at work is if he has a young girl that he's like flirting with. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't know this at the start, but yes. it becomes apparent with the way that everyone's behaving that they're just psyched because it's just getting him. Yes. And then work. at the end, basically, yeah, th- this happens. He's text, he gets her number, he texts her, he invites her out, he invites her around to his house, rah, 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 invites her to Hillary Clinton's birthday party. It's, it's just being full on like definitely into her definitely asking her out asking when he can see her again rah 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 and it, this all culminates in a few months down the track her going to his house and him wanting to have sex with her she'd never had sex before so she kind of got away from that situation and then she gave him a blowjob and then basically didn't really hear from him again 
Told him she was a virgin. Yeah, told him she was a virgin. And then she says that a few months down the track, she so she at this point she's all of this kind of just you know, he knows exactly what he's doing and the way he's treating her and the way he's kind of reeling her in. And then she, a few months down the track, is speaking to a mutual friend who didn't know the backstory of her and him, had never heard anything about it, and said something along the lines of, he loves flirting with young 20-year-olds on set, and he always gets one that he gets really obsessed with and then for a couple of months and then disappears. And then she just felt, like, absolutely sick and wanted to vomit. And the whole thing, she's just kind of for the past six years, because it happened six years ago, has just been reassessing and reassessing in her mind, like worried about what she did, what role she had to play in it. You know, she was an active participant in it. She also talks about like, I think probably the most gross parts about it were the way that everyone, as you said, like not only enabled his behavior, but also made her out to be the villain. So even his own mum and his sister, who is also in the industry, both treated her like shit because they just looked at her like she was this young girl obsessed with this movie star trying to get with this movie star because he's famous. And it's like switch the dynamics for a second and see this like creepy older movie star hitting on an intern. Yes. I already kind of saw this person in that negative Leo DiCaprio kind of light of like perpetually dating younger women, perpetually dating models kind of vibe. And there isn't anything like, on the surface wrong with age gaps of a, to a certain extent or like dating models to a certain extent but like I think you do just get this vibe of certain people that like their <laughs> the way that they behave is like tied to finding young women who are not really on their level career-wise or in terms of how assertive they are in terms of how financially successful they are or confident they are they're going after people where the power dynamic is skewed so they can almost be like hero worshipped. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that comes through in this piece is that this actor who, similar to DiCaprio, I think, was like a kind of child star, real heartthrob as a teenager, is maybe stuck in this like, <laughs> you know, they say you get stuck in the age you become famous. It's mm-hmm. almost that thing where he's just so coddled and like, looked after by people around him and he behaves kind of like a teenage boy in the way that he treats this person the whole way through yeah but he kept, he kept yeah. trying to get her validation and he was and he kept saying that he was shit he said i'm he, your homie i was like i'm gonna absolutely kill yeah, there myself was, there was so many funny things that happened every single direct quote by him what did i say to you yeah every single direct quote by him is making me break out in hives yes he grabbed her by the chin and said, why are you so cute? Stop being so cute. Is she not the cutest thing? He <laughs> so like said, a staff member. Once the song had been successfully staged, the movie star took my hand in his, examining each of my fingers. We should get married. Imagine that. Imagine if he said that to you, as if you're not going to fucking so manic. fall in love. And then she says her mum cried <laughs> when he texted her confirming a date. This is how insane we are about celebrities. Yes. A mum crying when a 46-year-old man who's like, your, essentially your boss is, is like asking you out on a date because you yes. think it's so great. Like I'm sorry. He's just the biggest elephant in the room with a relationship like this is that if she rebuffed his advances and said, can you stop doing this? Sorry, you're making me really uncomfortable. Like, no, I don't want to go out with you. Sorry, I just want to work. Can we blah, blah, blah. A hundred percent. He would have said to someone, she's made me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to work with her in the room. Yeah. So there was this unspoken thing of like, she needed to a certain extent kowtow to it 
to his advances. And along the way, obviously, yeah, because of the way we're conditioned to view fame, felt like excited and caught up in the moment. But that whole thing of you do have a responsibility as the most famous, influential, important, wealthy person in that room to treat everyone on the set with a certain awareness of like where your power dynamic is. Yes. And I'm sure this happens all the time in Hollywood. And I think it's, we were saying it's like almost the next frontier of me too is these more complicated nuanced things where it's like someone hasn't done something as obviously wrong as a Harvey Weinstein, but they've still like abused their power in a way that's left women in a worse off career situation. Cause she mm-hmm. basically lost her job with the yeah. theatrical company after this. Yeah. Cause everyone, he left her after two months and then everyone just had no respect for her. Yeah. When, yeah. When, what else was she going to do? Yeah. Not text him back. Um, yeah. And then he said, we should get married. I'm serious. We should just disappear, get married and have a bunch of kids. Like, fuck He's off. such a like, manic pixie dream boy. <laughs> like, did he read that in a script somewhere and just remember it? That's so fucked. Yeah. Also the, one thing I will say that is that really took this piece down from a 10 to a 9 was her cell, which was, bet you rue the day you kissed a rider in the dark. Lord. I was like, stop. Everything else in this is so good. Why are you starting it with a Lord quote? Yeah, that was really jarre. I agree. It set things off on a tone for me where I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. But yeah, then was... the piece was brilliant impressed by the end i will say that it did make me wonder reading this if a certain famous pop star's recent performance on a certain famous late night sketch show yeah i haven't seen that but i know what you're talking about the song the long song no i I know i know but i haven't seen the performance right that whole thing if it was a kind of veiled stab at this person's reputation as opposed to just re-releasing a famous song. Yeah, because she's heard more or something. Yeah, or because she's gotten older and realized how fucked it, it was. actually was pretty off. No, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. I think yeah. I think I think without a doubt she has looked back and feels disgusted about the whole situation. And I think she because I think it's rumored that she lost her virginity to him. So I think she she will look back and be like, yeah, it's, it's you can't use the word groomed when someone's overage, but you would look back and be like, the power dynamics were fucked. I, I was not in the right kind of frame of mind to have consented to that in a way that, yeah, I, I think definitely. And the, the whole thing, like you said, of saying we should get married, we should have children, introducing to the family, introducing to friends, this actor did this to this young intern like would take her to parties with other Hollywood people would introduce her to members of his family and those people were really 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 cold and standoffish yeah and it's it's obviously because she's probably like the 50th person that they've had where they don't want to condone it because they think it's fucked but it's like cut him off don't be mean to the girl yeah but it's obviously like a cycle so I think it's it'll be very interesting to see if this kind of gets picked up it hasn't really gained traction in the way that we thought it would but it'll be interesting to see if it kind of sparks a conversation yes Definitely agree. I think it's. I think it is actually interesting as well because it shows that even though Me Too has happened, like as you say, it's it's obviously not on the same level. But even like as as Ansari is the only thing I can think of that was another thing that kind of got into that gray area. This isn't even gray. Like it's obviously sexual harassment. Yeah. But it's just not as bad as 
sexually assaulting 40 women yes but it's like that should not be our barometer for like everything but then it just shows how protected so many of these men still are like even for the fact that me too happened and those mr big victims didn't even come out yeah until he's back on screen and and just like that and they're like for fuck's sake and it just shows that you know like all the men that you think are a bit creepy and a bit seedy like our intuition is not off yeah we have good energy vibes Yes. As women. And also the last thing is just that we've always said is that the people that get me too'd are fucking old. It's like the one thing they have in common. They've lost their um relevance and money making their money making power. Yeah. So that's why all of these people that like we've heard whispers about in the industry are still fucking operating highest paid actors in Hollywood because they're still making bank. Yeah. It's quite crazy. Oh, and the other thing to yeah. note is the same not the same week actually sorry the same week this started picking up a bit of traction or like very recently yes actually the interview would have been done when this was published right because it, it came out like a month later or three weeks later yeah this actor responded to a, a recent a recent <laughs> a recent viral thing for the first time he'd been he'd been dancing around ignoring it we did a huge podcast on how he hadn't responded and then he responded publicly and then that made the news that was covered everywhere the cut put it on their instagram everyone talked about it and i was like burying the lead burying this story are we yes and in the piece not on our watch not on our fucking watch (laughs) (laughs) um okay bye off to patreon bye Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.